I am with Teddy Kravetsky. Hello, hello. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so we met at Beth Jacob. Yep. Um, I went there once. It's the synagogue in Kitchener here. Yeah. And I, I really do appreciate you coming on because I don't really know any. Well, we said like I'd consider you ultra orthodox, maybe, but you right. don't consider yourself ultra orthodox necessarily. Yeah. 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 So I'm really just kind of interested in how you ended up being orthodox in this sense. Um, yeah. Especially as opposed to you know what. Uh, many people call call them like modern orthodox. Sure. Um, especially, I don't know anyone your age uh-huh. or like our age that is this orthodox. So right. I'm really just fascinated. So can you tell me a bit about how you grew up and then how you came to to this change? Yeah. So um, in general, uh, first of all, you have a wide spectrum of, of Judaism. You have uh, from the more left-wing end, you have your Reconstructionist Judaism, mm-hmm. conservative, reform, Sorry, reform, conservative. Yeah. Uh, then you get into your modern orthodox. Uh, yeah. I guess open orthodox first, modern orthodox, and then you have your every, everything beyond that would be like Haredi or ultra orthodox. So yeah. then you have a wide spectrum within that, and you have you know yeah. Hasidish, non Hasidish. So for myself, I grew up um, what most people would refer to, I, I guess, as modern orthodox. Okay. Although I found over the years um, putting uh, labels on the different quote unquote versions of Judaism. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the lines get blurred so often, like, yeah. you know, you could be modern orthodox, but what does that actually mean? It means different things to different people. Yeah. There's no, like, standard definition. You open up a Webster's Dictionary and say, this is what a modern orthodox Jew is. Yeah. Well, so, like, yeah. I didn't even know there were so many. Like, I always yeah. said there's reformed, conservative, orthodox. Yeah. And then, like, you can kind of tell there's, like, two kind. There's the ultra-orthodox and not ultra-orthodox. Right, right. Like, the, the only ones I had in my mind. Yeah. yeah. So I grew up um, in, yeah, like I said, what most people call the uh, traditional modern Orthodox. Yeah. And um, for me, what that really entailed was uh, keeping a base level of uh, Shabbos and Kashrus. Okay. So Shabbos is uh, every seventh day of the week, which is yeah. Saturday. And uh, it's where you um, basically refrain from doing uh, certain activities. Yeah. Um, just to give a very, very brief overview <laughs> yeah. of Shabbos, uh, there was... The, when the tabernacle, or in Hebrew, the Mishkan was being built, uh, there was 39 different things that were done in the building and use of the Mishkan, and those 39 things are called the 39 Malachas, Lamtes Malachas, and uh, we're not able to do any acts that are either directly related to those uh, items from the Mishkan or items that are related to them. And so yeah. the uh, rabbis of uh, you know generations have put many, many different restrictions um, yeah. to limit things that are uh, even resembling what the acts that were done in the tabernacle were. Okay. Anyway, and then there's kashrus, which is um, the other main thing that I grew up with, which is a set of dietary restrictions for Jews. Yeah. Uh, most people know no pig, kosher, no kosher, yeah. right? No, uh, no pig, no uh, seafood, meat, no seafood. milk and meat. Yeah. Those are the big ones. Um, yeah. There are obviously a ton more details, yeah. and it's um, not nearly as simple as that. So yeah. when someone comes over to me and says, "Yeah, I have a vegetarian, you know, gluten-free." That's great. It still might not be kosher. Yeah, yeah. Um, and even growing up, I kept that kind of standard level. Okay. Um, and now at some point uh, in my university career, which would have been, I guess now. Well, yeah. So yeah. How, how was that growing up? Because I, yeah. I, I, have, I have some cousins who grew up modern Orthodox. Okay. And we don't really talk much like, and I, I tried to get them on as well, but it's sure. really just such a different lifestyle. Yeah. So how, how did you experience that? And did you grow up? Like, I grew up in Thornhill, where there was at least a lot of Jews. Right. But you grew up, or you, you were definitely a, a much smaller minority. Yeah, so I mainly grew up in Kitchener, here in, here in Kitchener-Waterloo yeah. area. And, um, I mean, when I was before I was five, I lived in Winnipeg, but I don't really remember much yeah. of that. So living in Kitchener-Waterloo growing up as a modern Orthodox Jew, um, it was, to some extent, I didn't really know what it was like to live in a proper Jewish community. Okay. Uh, for example, if I was living, if you would have to take me out of Kitchener, uh, growing up and put me in Thornhill, yeah. I, it would have been a very weird experience for me because for me, it was always just growing up, that's just, you know, I'm a little bit different than everyone else around yeah. me. Um, even the people who were Jewish, because there is a small Jewish community in uh, Kitchener-Waterloo, yeah. I was always on the more orthodox, more, uh, uh, I guess some would say religious, I would prefer to say observant end observant. of the perspective. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so to extent it kind of was a little bit socially isolating yeah. um and i think uh and and you know we'll get into this maybe a little bit later uh i think to some extent that's the way it's supposed to be because in orthodox judaism there is an idea that you don't want to intermingle too too much with the secular population um and mainly the real risk is assimilation yeah. 
Yeah. I, I mean, in Judaism, you really see that huge time today. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's part of uh, the divide that you have between some of the more orthodox streams and reform and conservative is the concern for assimilation and how far we want to take the, the kind of separation that we have. Yeah. And modern orthodox tries to kind of play on both ends where we're, we're quote unquote modern, where we're, we're kind of interacting with the regular world. And uh, that's how I grew up. My parents had regular jobs. Um, but at the same time, we're reframing from doing everything and we still have, you know, strict uh, halacha, which is uh, Jewish law that we're yeah. uh, trying to keep. Okay. And then did you notice, like, you know, did you have many non-Jewish friends and or Jewish friends? And how was that? Did you notice differences in, in those relationships, like, even as a kid or a teen? Yeah. So um, really growing up, majority of my friends were Jewish because I did go to a Jewish day school from uh, grade two until grade 12. Okay. Um, from grade, basically, just quick overview from, for, I guess, grade or SK in grade one, there was actually a Jewish school here called the Kitchener Waterloo Hebrew Day School, okay. KWHDS for short. And then um, after that closed down, my parents sent me to a Jewish school in Hamilton, the oh, Hamilton wow. Hebrew Academy. Yeah. So I commuted actually every day for seven years from here, Kitchener, to uh, Hamilton with a yeah. few other kids who went in the shuttle as well. Yeah. And then uh, grade seven and eight, by that time, my father had moved to Hamilton. And so I lived in Hamilton a little bit. And then uh, I commuted to Toronto to a uh, Jewish school there. So yeah. I always grew up around Jewish friends. Yeah. Um, so most of my interactions were with them. However, I did have uh, non-Jewish friends just from the community here, from the community in Hamilton. And when I say community, just the community yeah. at large. Yeah. And um, that, in terms, yeah. That level of commitment going all, like yeah. some of the other people, I know some of the kids now still go to Hamilton yeah. for school. And that level of commitment just seems kind of like otherworldly to me. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess, you know, you can talk more about about now, well, if you have an understanding of why it's, why people are so committed to it, why they view it as so important that their kids have a Jewish education. Right. Yeah. So, um, I guess, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely looking back, it was a big commitment, although to me, it kind of seemed somewhat normal. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I don't really know anything else as a kid. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, it was, I guess the thing is with, with Judaism is you place such a high value on education yeah. um, because that's the way that a Jews always had to function in society, whether it was 200 years ago, 500 years ago, or now today. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's been there's been a big shift in the last 200 years, but traditionally speaking, Jews have always been to some extent isolated, and the only way they were able to make a living and uh, you know provide for their families was by having that education and being able to you know, be literate and, and do things that the uh, average person, the average person couldn't because generally speaking, Jews weren't able to own so much land and be farmers and, and things like that. So you see that Jews uh, traditionally gone into the trades. Uh, that's why you get the famous, you know, if you're a Jewish mother, you want your Jewish child to be a doctor, lawyer, or uh, a doctor, lawyer, or accountant. Yeah. Um, those are the three big Jewish jobs. Yeah. And so you see that, that education has always been something that's highly valued. Yeah. And that's kind of stuck down even to, you know, nowadays where... We're not obviously socially isolated anymore. You have, uh, you know, freedom of uh, basically everything today. So it's yeah. non-issue freedom of religion for us to be Jewish and and uh, still, you know, own land and interact in the regular world like anyone else. Mm. Um, but for whatever reason, uh, that that notion that you know provide your kids with a good Jewish education has very much stuck around. Yeah. Um, now I, I would. Yeah. I do think there's some importance on. Just learning morality as a kid, and yeah. and that's something that's completely gone from public schools, right? There's yeah. no teaching of what is good or right or wrong, right? And I think that is just an important thing uh, that I see the value of, you know, having in in day school as well. Right. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that I think uh, part of the reason why my parents want me to go to a Jewish school is to get that instillment of Jewish values of morality, what we consider right and wrong. Um, uh, also to learn the more ancient texts, so to learn the Torah, which uh, would be, I guess, for Christians, the Old Testament yeah. for the most part. Um, so, is, yeah. but, so why, I guess, yeah. right? Like, why, is it just because, you know, it's important to live a good life? Like, that's the fundamental yeah, so, premise, I guess? So as far as Judaism's understanding is, and um, I, will, I will preface this with, I am only a, uh, just beyond novice, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, in, in, my, in my, you know, really from Jewish experience, I've only been... 
you know, what people would refer to as ultra-Orthodox for about three years now, yeah. um, which for ultra-Orthodoxy is very, very, uh, okay, so very yeah, young. We, but yeah. we can get off the topic of like defining Judaism's values. Yeah. Because I'm more interested in kind of you. Yeah. So, you know, you graduated grade 12. Yeah. And what, you know, throughout this, what was your experience of, of you know, questioning or not questioning it? Because that's kind of... Um, the, the the way the secular Jews think mm -hmm. is, oh, that they'll just, you know, by the time they're in university, they'll come to the realization that, like, religion is kind of kooky and, like, they'll they'll see the light and join us. Right. And so I actually, that's kind of what I did. Okay. Um, because I grew up uh, kind of more traditional and I did all of these things growing up just because that's what my parents did and that's what my yeah. grandparents did. It was, it was really based on tradition, mm -hmm. um, which, of course, is good. But at the same time, growing up, I didn't know the reasons why for a lot of things. I didn't know why for Shabbos. I didn't know why for keeping kosher. I didn't know why I had to be separate from other people. Yeah. Um, and so for me, once I got past grade 12 uh, and having to make the decision whether a lot of people when they're uh, in Jewish high schools will make the decision to go to Israel for a gap year and yeah. learn in a yeshiva or a seminary there yeah. um, just to continue on with the Jewish education. For me, I didn't really want to do that. I wanted to go into university. So I went, I went to the University of Waterloo. Yeah. Excuse me. And um, yeah, it, it, it kind of was that notion of I didn't have any of the understanding of why I'm doing any of this. So yeah. why do it? And, yeah. and, and, and indeed, uh, going to university, I really uh, became extraordinarily secular, tried to blend in as much as I could, uh, stop wearing a kippah for a time, um, stop doing a lot of the things, uh, kosher, Shabbos, you know, a lot of the big things that, that people generally associate with Judaism. I just tried to secularize myself as much as possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. And how did you enjoy that experience? Like how long was it? And yeah. I mean, it was pretty, I had a pretty fun university experience that I definitely think being, a, you know, Orthodox Jew impedes on the tradit, what, what modern society says is good and fun. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, uh, tried to experience some of that quote unquote fun. Yeah. <laughs> It didn't work out so well for me. I'm not one of those guys who, you know, loves going to the bar and yeah. drinking a lot and, you know, going to all the clubs and yeah. dancing. It was just never my personality type, whether, you know, yeah. I know a lot of people who are Jewish who that or not Jewish who that is their personality and they yeah. love it. I never got into that at all. It just yeah. didn't didn't connect with me. Um, and yeah, so I was I, I really was from first year until uh, third year. So it was about a three year period yeah. um, that I was like totally secular. And yeah, I just. I think that there was just a, a point I remember after maybe about two years where I was thinking like, you know, as as nice as, as it is not having these restrictions that I had growing up, because um, that's how I viewed them, it's yeah. just, it's not, it was nothing that that really, there, there was nothing, there's no, there no meaning, meaning to there it. Was it was no just, substance it's like, what, what am I doing here? I'm in university, I'm working towards a degree that I don't really know what the heck I'm going to do with. Yeah. Uh, you have all these, this, you know, this whole university culture of, you know, partying and drinking yeah. and uh, smoking and whatever. And it's just, yeah. that wasn't me ever. And yeah. I didn't understand, uh, you know, what was the big draw to it. But you see, yeah, thousands upon it's thousands everywhere. of everywhere. That's yeah. like, that is university. You go to university you know, studying and actually being in school is only one small part of that yeah. university experience. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just, I didn't, didn't connect to any of it at all. Okay. And so how did you end up? Yeah. Cause growing up we did, we, we, my parents claimed we were conservative. Yeah. Or my, my dad particularly, we went to a conservative shul, but we weren't, we, we went a couple times a year and that's it. And it was always, why do we do this? Because you're supposed to. Right. And, so for me, that I was I had the personality type where it's just like absolutely not rebel against any yeah. sort of possible rule, um, um, and so I I definitely partook fully in the university experience. Yeah. Um, and it it took me until after I graduated to I I didn't have an interest in sustaining that lifestyle and, and kind of that's what led me to questioning things. And now I am on some sort of path of Judaism and spirituality and sure. I'm completely novice, but I'd love to hear kind of yeah. yours because you went from modern Orthodox, yeah. let's call it, to almost secular. Yeah. And, and now, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Black and white. <laughs> Black and white. So how, yeah. how, how did that start? Yeah. So um, it really started in third year. I, uh, I got a Facebook message from yeah. uh, some random person in Toronto. Uh, never met them, don't know who they are, but somehow they knew that I was a Jewish student at the University of Waterloo. 
and they sent me a message saying, I, I have no idea. And with Jews, you find these connections all the time. Yeah. Like Jewish geography, you know, you could find someone who you're fifth cousins with and, you know, yeah. you never knew it, but somehow, and you live in the same city in the middle of nowhere, but yeah. whatever, that's how Jews work. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got this message saying there's this interesting program being run. It's 10 weeks long during the course of the semester, and uh, it's just basically Judaism 101. And you get a $300 stipend, which I won't lie, was uh, I was doing birthright, which is uh, the trip yeah. to Israel right after. And uh, the $300 looked really, really, uh, really good for that trip. And I didn't have any yeah. money at the time, yeah. or not a lot. And so I did. I decided to do this this 10-week program, an hour a week, plus a Shabbaton, where you get to experience a Shabbos in Toronto. Okay. And um, it, it was run through uh, or a, bleh, an organization called Or Sameach, which is actually the yeshiva I ended up going to afterwards. Okay. Um, and yeah, I decided to try it out. I did this class for 10 weeks through with a rabbi from Toronto, and um, I really enjoyed it. it. He started to answer a lot of the basic questions, or he started to ask and answer a lot of the basic questions that I never really had growing up. Why do we keep Shabbos? Why are men and women always separated? And what's this whole thing about, you know, having to get married and no premarital relations and... Uh, all these fundamental things in Judaism that growing up to me were just, that's what we do, but I never had a reason why, and I never understood any of it. And I started getting some of those answers. And at that point, I certainly wouldn't say I was committed to, you know, becoming a from Jew, but it certainly um, whet my appetite. And uh, yeah. I think the program did what it was designed to do, which was yeah. kind of, uh, you know, interest me in in uh, Judaism again, um, where where I wasn't before. Okay, I, I, that's very interesting, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, I don't mean to offend, but I'm going to play a hardcore skeptic. Yeah, I sure. Guess. Like, what's the difference? Or, or some people would say, well, you just kind of like got bought into it, right? Like yeah. someone targeted you, yeah. and they said, hey. And, and so it's kind of like, it feels like religious people need to kind of rationally defend their choice rather yeah. than, you don't seem like you've been taken over by some ideology, right? Right. So can you talk a little bit about why you why it made sense to you or why you saw it as as important yes it is interesting right so for me personally um first of all i always felt like i had some connection with god yeah. um i didn't know what that connection was i didn't know how to explain i just there was always some notion in the back of my head that i had a connection to to god and i believed in god um i just didn't know what that what was that all about what, what that meant was actually, right yeah. um and so when this opportunity came along um I, I kind of made the, you know, the, the I was going to say made the cheshbon, it's uh, made the accounting in my head um, yeah. that, you know, I'm in university, I don't really have so much direction with my life other than I knew I want to do something in the medical field, whether it's be a paramedic or into public health policy, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and so it really just to me just looked like an opportunity to do something that I'd never done before. Okay. Um, and coming from the three years of being secular and not feeling like I got a lot out of it, there wasn't a whole lot of downside. If I, you know, tried it out and I liked it, I'd continue on. And if I didn't yeah. like it, I wouldn't continue. And, you know, there's yeah. no pressure either way for me to uh, to go one way or the other. It was just, yeah. you know, the opportunity was there. So I decided to try it out. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And, and I, I like that, you know, so many people now, you see this kind of quarter life crisis, this crisis of consciousness among 25, 30 year olds. Yeah. And, you know, and I do think it's quite similar of this. We, we do this university thing. It's kind of our identity of, mm -hmm. as university students. There's a culture and a community there. Yeah. And it's it's built on completely superficial, artificial values. Yeah. And then you're thrust out of it into the real world. Right. And it's like, now what? Right. right? And I mean, I struggled really hard with that. I, uh, and maybe that's why I'm, I'm finding Judaism or, or whatever else. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that's interesting that you could kind of identify while in it that you weren't getting value from it. Yeah, I, I think some of that would definitely have to do with the education I had growing up because yeah. even though I did not know a whole lot, I mean, I did have 12 years of Jewish day school yeah. and, um, and a family that, 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 that I grew up with, you know, both my parents grew up from. So um, I definitely had some small amount of infrastructure there that definitely gave me some bit of a unique perspective when I was in university yeah. uh, evaluating all these secular activities yeah. that I think most people wouldn't have necessarily had. If they've just grown up in it. Right. Forever. And, and, and forever uh, secular or even just more, you know, reformed or conservative. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that definitely uh, had an influence on my decision to uh, to try and go down the quote unquote from path. Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, then then, you know, you took this course and then. Yeah. 
Then what happened? Yeah, so, so, so this was a very gradual process. Me yeah. becoming from, uh, again, was really a process that started, I guess it would have been in uh, January of 2015. Okay. And then uh, really, you know, I wasn't fully committed probably until uh, I would say the summer of 2016. So about a year and a half. Yeah. And that was just to get me committed, forget yet alone, you know, forget uh, implementation, implementation yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and it was through a number of steps. So first there was this program on campus. Yeah. Then there was um, three different, two different Shabbatons, which is uh, a weekend where you spend Shabbos with um, a bunch of, you know, from people who were trying to, you know, get you interested in Judaism. Um, one of them was uh, a Shabbaton in Lakewood, New Jersey, which is an extremely from community, lots of okay. Jews there. Another was in Flatbush, another very close by community, also very from. Yeah. And um, all this was won through an organization called Orsamech, which is a Kirov organization yeah. that uh, is one of its goals is to find Jews around the world who were disconnected from traditional Judaism and, and try and get them interested and reconnected. Yeah. And uh, the other main, sh uh, it wasn't a Shabbaton, it was called the JLE, Jewish Learning Experience, was about a two and a half week trip that I took to Israel. Uh, all of these Shabbatons, by the way, the uh, air transportation, the uh, living accommodations, the food, the activities that we did, everything that we did for all these was 100% uh, funded by wealthy donors, and I did not have to pay any of it. Yeah. Which was... It's, uh, it's just Jews who see the importance of... Correct. Jew, correct. Judaism. Judaism, and, yeah. and are interested in bringing those who are disconnected, or what they view as disconnected, back to the traditional understanding of what, what Judaism is. Yeah. Um, and so for me, the fact that I didn't have to pay for it, I didn't have any kind of, you know, real connections to, uh, like, why, the not, world. Right? why not? Exactly. Why not? It was why, why not? Have to lose the, the only thing that I kept playing back in my head, interest, right? The only yeah. thing that I had playing back in my head is, okay, so, you know, university is kind of now taking a backseat, but yeah. to be honest, I never really knew what I was doing. I don't even know what I'm still, what I'm doing with my university degree. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. what do I care if it takes the backseat to Judaism? Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people when especially I noticed this in the program because uh, out of all those different events I can't think of too many other people who went through all those steps as well yeah. uh, it's it's uh, yeah it's hard it's hard to, to change someone's mind and you know totally anyway yeah, yeah. Um, and so with that in mind yeah it was uh, totally um, I'm trying to figure out what I was gonna say it was like it, it didn't really it, university is something where people think of it as, uh, you know, they always give the excuse, yeah, you know, I have to make sure I study for this exam. I have to, but, but no one actually gives the final goal of what they want to do with it. Like, I mean, what people put you, this high what emphasis. What are you accomplishing by doing these things? Right. People put this yeah. super high emphasis on university without knowing what the final goal is afterward. Yeah. And, and I think that it was such a mistake for me to do that. And if I would have done that, I certainly wouldn't have been able to, uh, you know, take all these opportunities that were given to me for uh, totally for free. So, um, yeah, so I, so I just took them and, and uh, yeah, decided to give university, put it on the back burner. Okay, cool. Yeah. So now you're from. Yes. And I, I'd love to hear how that impacts your life and how your life is, if you had to kind of define the top three things of how your day-to-day -day life is different yeah. than it was, you know, as modern Orthodox or as secular in university. Sure. Um, so the top three things, uh, this is a hard list to come up with. I'd say the first and foremost is uh, always in the back of my mind, whether I'm in a class, whether we're doing this interview, whether I'm, uh, you know, praying, which we refer to in Yiddish, it's called davening. Um, I always have uh, Torah and, and the idea that I want to try and make a closer connection to Hashem, to, to God, uh, is, is always kind of in the background. Which, when I was modern orthodox, it's, like a first priority. it's it's my first priority. It was never there when I was modern orthodox, secular, whatever else. But um, it's certainly there now. Yeah. And uh, the fact that everything that I'm doing in my day to day life, whether it's considered secular or uh, or religious, um, generally speaking, with Judaism, you can find a way to connect it to becoming closer to God. Yeah. Uh, whether it's mundane, whether it's considered holy, uh, you can always connect to God through whatever it is you're doing, and so. Mm -hmm. I try and incorporate that into to everything. Okay. That would be that would be the first uh, the first yeah. big thing. Um, the second would just be the the notion of uh, learning uh, in 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 what people refer to as ultra orthodox Judaism. Um, we're no, also in Hebrew known as Haredim, God fearing people. Uh, the number one priority is uh, learning Torah, learning uh, the Old Testament, and learning all of the different um, books uh, what we refer to as Svarim that have come after that. Yeah. And so. Um, 
yeah, and there's a high emphasis placed on making sure that you're able to to learn every single day. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, it's a commandment in the in the Torah. You have to make sure you're kovei itim b'Torah, which means that you're learning. Um, uh, basically, you know, you're 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 able to learn when you're able to learn. You're 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 learning. Um, is that is that learning Torah or would learning classes? That learning Torah, learning Torah, things okay. that are related to Torah. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. important distinction to make. Yeah. Um, however, you you might think that that maybe is uh, like a secular subject, which it is not at all. And um, the amount of uh, knowledge, and then within that knowledge, the depth of that knowledge that you're learning, uh, it's it's endless. It's yeah. so so endless. I was in yeshiva for you know two years and eight months, and I just like you know if you were to take uh, an iceberg and you can see you know, maybe 10% of the iceberg, they say, and then you have that famous picture where you see like yeah. this little iceberg and the massive mount underneath. So I would consider my experience with Judaism kind of at like the tip of the tip of the iceberg, yeah. Uh, yeah. just scratching the surface, literally. And, and, and what you've found so far, yeah. you, it's, it's, addictive is not a good word to use, yeah. but it's, it, it, it turns a light on and you're like, yeah. there is something here. Yeah. Yeah. It turns a light on it. It, it, it deals with every aspect. Judaism, when it's done uh, the way I think it should be done, it, it, it really, it touches every aspect of your life and nothing is left to, you know, have to, nothing is left to, to just, you know, this is outside of the realm of Judaism. When you go to the bathroom, there are tons and tons of halachas and, and Jewish law relating to how you go to the bathroom properly. What do you do before you enter? What do you do when you're in there? What do you do when you leave? And, and so doesn't that, yeah. how, you know, that seems... Like silly to yeah, me, right? Yeah. And so like, what is the point of that? Yeah. Because I, I see the value in, you know, Judaism, let's say in addition to a religion and a nation, it's also a philosophy. It's a way of living. Right. And this is people who've studied for 5,000 years yeah. how people should live. And so I, I see the huge value of that knowledge. Mm -hmm. But then you go to, okay, I just need to go to the bathroom, right? Like I want to yeah. walk in, do my business <laughs> and walk out. So, yeah. you know, what is the point and how... Yeah. How do you, I guess, reconcile some of them must seem silly or, or they don't? Yeah, no. So certainly um, if I was to, uh, you know, say to you that everything in Judaism, I whether either A, I understand it 100% or B, I agree with it all, that would be 100% lie. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things still that I do not understand and there's a lot of things that um, I, I don't necessarily call them, I wouldn't think of them as silly, but I, I certainly... Uh, your understanding, you don't see the point. Yeah, exactly. That would be a better way to put it. And um, something like going to the bathroom as an example. Uh, a big element of Judaism is um, having something called Hakara Satov, which is gratitude. Yeah. So um, something that we are constantly doing this, and you see this literally in every aspect of Judaism, is we're trying, showing gratitude towards Hashem for creating us. Yeah. So when you go to the bathroom, that is one of the most fundamental things that a person can do in yeah. terms of, you know, he's, he's uh, the, the body, you've eaten something, you've had something to drink, your body has taken all of the good things out of that, given them to you as fuel, as hydration, whatever your body needs, and then the waste product has, uh, you know, gone out the other end, and, you know, that has all happened because of what we believe, you know, God created us with this whole system. Yeah. And because that's such a basic foundation to life, it, it, it was instituted by the rabbis thousands of years ago that when you leave the bathroom, you should make a blessing, a bracha, to basically show gratitude to Hashem for not just being able to go to the bathroom, but at that same time, because this was such a physical thing, to remind you that all these physical things that we do in the world, we have to have gratitude for. And we have to also, you know, be cognizant and, and aware of all these little things that are going on. The fact that I can open my eyes, the fact that I can stretch and walk around and and, and do all these things because one, there's a lot of people who can't do those things. Yeah. Um, and two, you know, it's easy to forget. We, we easily take all these things for granted. And um, yeah, part of part of being Jewish is, is recognizing that it's all from a creator and, and yeah. being constantly reminded of that because otherwise we really do easily take it for granted. Yeah. And that makes sense. And I, I guess that when you said, and you even said like the number one thing in your life now is just remembering Hashem, right? And, right. And that's why I'm trying to work on that as well, not necessarily through a purely Jewish lens, but it yep. is about just, just holy man, I'm alive. Like, right. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Right? And like just being grateful for that. People, people, right? people don't take that, you know, nearly as, you know, they, they, people take that for granted so easily. Like, just, yeah. Again, like you said, the fact that you're alive, like, like people wow. don't even think about that. Like, what yeah. does that mean that I'm alive, that I'm able to walk around? Uh, yeah. I will say, I, um, when I, one thing that I did get a lot of value from when I was in university, 
I uh, was on a co-op term and I worked for an organization called L'Arche Toronto. Uh, L'Arche Toronto is also an international organization. Um, it works with people who have developmental disabilities, autism, Down syndrome, uh, schizophrenia, whatever it is, and also physical disabilities. And um, it puts, them, puts you, as myself, in a community setting, living with these people. And you, even just through that, forget about, you know, Judaism and all the things that I do that now that I'm uh, from Jew. But even then, you know, you realize when you're in an environment like that, how appreciative you have to be for, you know, the ability to walk, the ability to, to think properly, the ability to, to, to cook and clean and all these basic things. That you did nothing to have. That I did nothing to have because you see there are so many people who don't have them. And, yeah. and, uh, and then you get to interact with these people and you realize that you're taking away more from the experience than they are. Yeah. And, and the fact that I had that experience and I'm able to now appreciate all these things that I wasn't able to appreciate before, um, I would have never thought to get that. I'll, I'm coming in thinking, yeah, I'm getting paid to help these people and make their lives better. In truth, they're 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 making my life better, my life better, just as much, if not more so, than I'm making helping them live their life. Yeah, I, I volunteered with uh, developmentally challenged people through a Jewish organization in Thornhill as well. Yeah, and I had a very similar experience. Like, yeah, it just changes your perspective and widens it. And yeah, it's so important. And, and I will say, I will say, uh, it was very emotionally draining. Um, yeah. it's extreme. I did it for eight months, and it was, uh, it was there was a lot of ups, a lot of really high highs, and a lot of really low lows. Yeah. Um, but, but overall it was, uh, I would put it up there as, you know, one of the best, best experiences of my life. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's great to hear. I appreciate you sharing that as yeah. well. Um, one thing, so I read it, I, I'm actually very fascinated by your 10 week course and yeah. I, I would love to do something like that. Sure. Personally, I read a book, the nine questions people ask about Judaism. Okay. Um, and it's kind of, it kind of just kind of lays out a, a base case of why people should care to be Jewish if they okay. are right. Interesting. Um, yeah. And I, I took a lot of value out of it. Um, and one of the things it talks about, which I want to ask about, mm -hmm. is the idea that if you follow the Jewish rules, you will find God. It's okay to question God sometimes, sure. but if you just stick to the rules, you will find him again. And that's kind of, Judaism puts more of an onus on action than faith. Where, yeah, um, yeah, Nasev Nishma. Um, Nasev Nishma means you will do and you will, you will understand. Meaning to yeah. say that the a Jew's top priority is to do the behaviors, do the actions, and... Uh, Ideally, following that will, you know, you'll get the understanding, you'll get yeah. the connection to, to Hashem, to God. Uh, and, and so was yeah. that your experience of it? Was more like, so you did this course and yep. then you decided to pursue the next, like it was kind of step by step. Yeah. And it was, it, was it that that led you to God or at, like at what point did something switch in your mind and mm -hmm. you decided to pursue it? You said it took a year and a half. Yeah. But what happened or how did that switch and you and you found God? Yeah. So, so, so first of all, I, I don't know if it was as dramatic as saying that I found God. Yeah. Um, it was an extremely gradual process. And you said you already, you had always had. Right. I already idea. had you an had, idea. Exactly. So, so, so I can't relate necessarily from coming from a totally secular background. Yeah. But I will say that... Um, my my process certainly uh, there you know I could I could look back and I can see kind of like an, an upward trend towards having uh, you know a closer connection and that connection is still continually being strengthened continually growing um, especially now that I'm back in a secular environment uh, from Israel which I only came back about a month ago yeah. so yeah it uh, I mean over that year and a half I had a lot of experiences getting to talk to um, a lot of rabbis who. Uh, you know, have had their whole life to learn about, learn, learn Torah, learn about Judaism to, to guide other people. And, and you see in the way that these people behave, these, 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 how they act and, and just their view of life, at least the ones that I had most experience with, um, you, you want to, you, you just, you know, forgetting about having connection to God, you just want to emulate these people because you just see it's such a wholesome way to live. Um, but then when you actually get into it and you get into asking the questions and understanding and, you know, getting to the learning and doing the actions and keeping Shabbos and kosher and, and saying brachas, uh, blessings and stuff like that, you you slowly start to have uh, this this kind of gratitude and this connection. And and it's it's, it's this con it's this calm contentment and happiness that kind of just can stay whatever's going on in your life whether you had a really bad day whether you had a really good day whether you you know whatever anything happened you can always kind of go back to that base base of you know 
this is all from God. This is this is and it kind of it levels you out. It makes it so that you you aren't necessarily controlled by your emotions so much, and you're you're kind of you're always using your intellect more. And 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 today's day and age, I mean, you see that everyone's at least in the Western world is you know everything's about what what do I want and how am I going to get it now? Instant yeah. gratification. And um, and with Judaism, it's not like that at all. You you everything anything that's worthwhile takes time. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the mushal, the 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 uh, parable, the the example that is always given um, is when you're running a marathon. You don't just get up one day and run a marathon. You yeah. you train for for months on end. Um, I'm actually I'm not training for a marathon right now, but uh, I'm I'm getting ready for my first uh, road race in uh, in in March. Okay. Uh, I only started running about a year ago, so I yeah. kind of get to experience that mushal yeah. for myself, which is really yeah, neat. Yeah. Um, anyway, though, yeah. So back to the the idea of 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 uh, you know that connection with God. It, it was really it's really gradual. It's still building, and and I found that through all the different actions and through the different interactions that I had with rabbis, other students, um, the situations that I was in, you kind of, the first step isn't necessarily believing, or the first step is believing in God, but once you have that step of you believe that there is a God, it's, okay, so what, you know, what is the way that I develop that connection to him? Because obviously, you know, when I'm communicating to him, he's not communicating back to me, and you know, if he is, and even Judaism would say you might have, you yeah. know, you're, it's not necessarily a good, not, yeah. not a good thing. Um, and so it's, it's, it's difficult and, and you struggle a lot when you're in your, when I was in my first two years, uh, even still, you know, you're sometimes in these situations, you're like, what, what the heck am I doing here? Like, yeah. does God really exist? Like, I'm, I'm getting yeah. up at 7 a.m. and I'm putting on these leather straps and, and for, like, for what? Like, I don't feel anything at all today. Yeah. And, um, and then there's other days where you can literally, um, I had a list on my, on my phone when I was, uh, on one of these Shabbatons where I just tried to list everything that happened to me that I thought was connected to like God showing me, you know, and you start to realize when you really pay attention to these things and you're trying to, it's to, everywhere. it's everywhere. When you're actually looking for it. When you're looking everywhere. for it, it's everywhere. Yeah, and I just got goosebumps. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and when you, you know, when you try and seek out a connection with God, he'll, he'll make it so that, you know. It becomes clear to you if you're trying to make that connection it will it will become clearer to you assuming that you're trying to do the right thing whether that's learning torah whether that's just trying to be a good person whether that's um you know uh trying to have these interactions with other jews and, and rabbis and stuff eventually you kind of will slowly build up some sort of connection to hashem it's going to be different for everyone and it's going to have different effects on everyone's life but but ultimately if you're looking at some point you'll you'll uh and I, I want to say at some point you will gradually find it if you continue to look. It's yeah. not like, you know, one day you'll, you'll, you'll get up and you'll find it, and then the next day you won't. It, it's, a, it's a very gradual process. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that makes sense, like anything, it would be. Um, so now that, you know, what was your experience like? So you lived in Israel for three years, yeah. about three years, like on a yeshiva. So you were just like studying Torah yeah. all day yeah. for three years. Yeah. And so like... What? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, like I, I can't even fathom. Like, yeah. I, I see, I, I personally see the value in that. Like, I, I understand why um, someone might want to do that. But a lot of people, like, I, it's like, what? Yeah. So, like, what was that like? And, and why did you keep doing that? Did you ever question, like, what am I doing here? Yeah, yeah. So, so I'll start off by saying uh, the first six months I was in yeshiva, uh, maybe even eight, even eight months, I probably had um, these weekly uh, things going off in my head where it's like, why am I here? You know, maybe I'm just going to book a flight back next yeah. week and I'll just go back to university. Because in truth, there's there's no one keeping you there. It's yeah. not like, you know, you're you're locked in once you're there. Yeah. Uh, the whole point of, of a cure of yeshiva, which is a yeshiva trying to bring people closer to Judaism, is you're doing it by choice. Yeah. If, if you have to be forced into doing it, that's it's not, not going right? to work. Yeah. And so I had the option to leave at any time I wanted to. And, and I won't lie, for the first six to eight months, uh, I thought about leaving on at least a once-a-week basis, um, yeah. certainly for the first four or five months, more so than that. And so what kept you there? Yeah, what kept me there was really it was, uh, it was two things. One, it was the fact that, uh, more practically speaking, I'm looking at what I was doing there in Israel and what I was doing back at home before Israel. And I just saw that what I was doing before Israel you know, I was working towards some sort of career goal, which I wasn't really sure of, but yeah. that was it. I wasn't really doing anything that I felt so productive in my life that yeah. was so worth it to give up everything else and, and, and be there. Whereas in Israel, in the yeshiva experience, 
you're trying to constantly learn how to be a better person. You're trying to work on, you know, not basing all your decisions on pure desire. So when I'm eating, I'm not just eating because I'm hungry and I want to eat. I'm eating for, for another purpose. Or when I'm, uh, you know, when you're doing whatever it is that you're doing, when you're sleeping and you're trying to constantly improve yourself. And I thought that even if there's no value in any of the actual learning that I'm doing, at least if nothing else, I'll leave the yeshiva experience and I'll be able to stay here and, and continue to, to, you know, improve myself and, and, and refine my character traits to some extent. Um, and for me, that was a better thing than being in the university environment. That was, that was the more practical side. Yeah. The other thing was, is as I got into the learning and as I got into the understanding of Judaism from, from that perspective, um, I enjoyed it. I, I found that there was endless, de endless depth to it. Yeah. Uh, constantly, you're, you're using your brain, you're learning new things. Um, intellectually, it's extraordinarily uh, uh, interesting and uh, invigorating. And yeah. for someone who's an extremely intellectual person, you see that they they love learning Gemara for the most part. I am not the most intellectual person, so yeah. learning Gemara was not an easy thing for me to do. Oh, and Gemara? oh, yes, yeah, right, Gemara is um, uh, some note as Talmud. Uh, the Talmud. It's okay. basically a uh, collection of of all the rules. Um, not necessarily the rules. It's no. before the rules. It's uh, basically it's where all the rules are derived from. Okay. Um, but basically, it's it's a discussion of one, the Torah, so the actual um, uh, psukim. I'm trying to think of the verses in in the in the so Old Testament. Like analyze the analysis. The analysis of the Torah, of the Torah. Yeah. and and basically after the and these are rabbis from uh, two thousand years ago. Yeah. Um, and the, the rabbis who are discussing it in the Talmud are taking the ideas all the way from, uh, from uh, Har Sinai, Mount, uh, Mount Sinai, from yeah. when the Torah was given to the Jewish people. Yeah. And uh, you see all these ideas discussed. Um, they were actually, it was, it was supposed to be considered an oral tradition, the oral, oral law. Yeah. And uh, the way it was learned until the uh, te temple, the second temple was destroyed in 70 CE or 67 CE, whatever it's, uh, yeah. uh, it was over the course of a few years. Um, it was all transmitted from rabbi to student uh, orally. Yeah. And then at some point it got written down and that's what we call the Talmud. And so the Talmud is really just a collection of all the oral traditions that we have that go from Mount Sinai that are complementary to the Torah and explain yeah. all the verses and explain to us, you know, this, this reason for this and that. And, 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 and you know, you have tons of arguments in the Talmud and, yeah. and it's not structured in any way. There's no periods, there's no commas, there's no paragraphs. Just straight information. Uh, yeah. It's it's kind of like a dialogue between different rabbis, and um, and yeah, it's it's extraordinarily intellectual. It's very very intellectually rigorous. Okay. Yeah. And so you made this switch at like eight months in, where you no longer were questioning every week. Yeah. Yeah. Be. Yeah. Yeah. And and so how what was your experience like? from then on like yeah so my experience from then on was i'm committed i'm you know i'm here let's just get into this as much as i can and yeah. so from that point onward it was less about you know questioning um basic things like who you know why do i believe in god what is what does god what does it mean to be a god believing person person um and it was more to okay now that i believe in all this stuff how do i implement it in my life so how do i act like a firm jew how do i uh how do I present myself? How do I um, how do I speak? How do I do all these different things? And, and and so, you know, what is the thought around? Shouldn't you just kind of inherently, if if you think you're a good person, shouldn't you just kind of know you're a good person and know like why do you need someone to tell you how to behave that way? Yeah. So I guess the idea that I have and I could be could be not 100% correct yeah, on this yeah. is that. Because it, it kind of like, you yeah. know, the idea is everyone, everyone's individual free choice, right? Yep. So you're choosing to do these things, but it, it's like you're basically saying this collection of people knows how I should live my life better. Better than another group. Yeah, exactly. It, or better it, than you just inherently. Th than me inherently, right. Yeah. Right, so I think the idea is that you have this idea in today's world where you can, you know, grow up and you can do what you want to do, be who you want to be, act how you want to act. I mean, obviously that you have your, your, your certain... Uh, uh, laws and regulations that everyone has to abide by, whether they're traffic laws or or, or business laws or whatever it is. Yeah. But for the most part, you can you can kind of you're free to do what you want to do. Yeah. And I think that the idea is for the secular world that you know everything's relative to something else. So it's it's just like what I consider good and what someone else considers good are you know not the same. Not the same, and that's okay. They don't have to be the same. Whereas, and because most of us uh, in North America, at least Jews, grow up in that kind of environment, it has a big influence on how we view the world. Yeah. So my definition of good and bad, even though I'm Jewish growing up, 
it's very much influenced by that Western secular culture. Whereas here's uh, the Jewish people for thousands of years have been thinking together right. about what is good and bad. Right. And they say, okay, well, if, if you believe that we know what good and bad is, then here's the right way to do things if you're good. Right, right. It, we believe in an absolute good. And, that, you know, it, yeah. it, it's very, very uh, not what the mindset of today's world is like. Uh, as an example, I, I have a health class that I'm taking that has to do with um, uh, global healthcare systems. And I was discussing with um, some of the students uh, in the class the other day, we were just talking about uh, dealing with a particular health problem and, and how to go about making sure that if you bring in this mining company to the certain area, uh, how to make sure that all the different health challenges that come with bringing a massive billion dollar mine into an area, how that's going to, uh, you know, how you're going to satisfy in everyone in that area in terms of their health needs. And, and you see that when we're discussing this, everyone's idea of what, needs to be provided to all these uh, different people in the community in terms of the health needs is very, very different. For me, it's, it's, it's a lot simpler in the sense that I know what should, what needs to be provided because I'm prescribed that from, from the Torah perspective, from the Jewish perspective. And it's just a matter of implementing what the Torah is telling me to implement. That's not always an easy thing, especially... Well, at least it, yeah. it, it, it takes out so much of the intellectual lifting. If we know yeah. what the goal is, yeah. then we can spend all of the time figuring out implementation right. again, right. rather than debate. And and I guess that's what so much time is spent on now, debating what is actually good. Right. And then you you can never agree on that. So and that is, that is, you can never agree on that. That, that. That's such a like a big change between how a Jewish person thinks and how a secular person thinks, because as a Jewish person, you have an absolute good that you're trying to work towards. Yeah. As a secular person, everything's relative to everything else. So yeah. my sense of good is just as good. It could be just as good as your sense of good. And but those two things are never going to, yeah. you know, be necessarily agreed upon. So I don't really know. Yeah. I don't understand how that would ever resolve itself. I mean, yeah. you know, it ends up being that you have a bunch of different populations that have a bunch of different ways of living and trying to intermingle them. I, I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> okay, and so now you know. Yeah. Now you're from. How, you're you're pretty young and and you I guess you're thinking that like I guess you're thinking that you're you'll be from that's the from, that's the plan life, yeah right? yeah um so I am I'm just kind of interested how do you kind of view the world now like yeah it's obviously it, it I I don't know if it's obvious but I'm assuming it's changed yeah you know, over the past ten years the way yeah. you view the world yeah so I'm interested like how do you view let's say some and I don't get offended so like how do you view me mm -hmm. as like you know a, 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 a maybe a marginal believer and then how sure. do you view the world both Jewish and, and otherwise? Yeah, so first of all, um, my perspective, I'll, I'll start off with university uh, because I've had that experience being secular and being from now. And um, just in my two weeks being on campus as a from Jew, I already noticed my focus is totally not on what it was on before. Yeah. I'm not interested in the university culture. I'm not interested in, you know, going to the bars and hanging out with girls and whatever, hanging out with all these friend groups. My goal is the studies. I want to get the information. There get I'm there to get That's educated. The that was the purpose of it in the first place. Yeah, and and, and I noticed a whole other Right. And I've noticed that, that I'm really I'm really, you know, engaged in the process of just becoming yeah. educated in the subject that I'm supposed to be getting educated in and, yeah. and just learning about that. So that's been a big uh, change at the university level. Yeah. Um, in terms of a, a world level, um, I think it's generally just a sense that I kind of walk around with a sense that I'm here to improve the world. Yeah. Um, whereas before it was kind of like all about me and, you know, what is what am I going to do with my life is it was a little bit more of a self-centered approach. Whereas yeah. the approach now is it's still self-centered in the sense that I have to make sure that I'm doing all the things that I need to do to uh, keep myself healthy, to keep myself well. But there's also this added uh, kind of, not, I, don't, I don't want to call it pressure, but there's added sense that... Uh, added knowledge that yeah. what will bring you ultimate meaning and happiness is improving the world. That's right, that's, that's the so goal random. of Judaism. Yeah. You know, I have to figure out what my purpose is in this world. And, and uh, generally, we understand as Jews that the purpose that God put us on this earth is to improve the world, to fix the world. Uh, tikkun olam is, yeah. is what is referred to as in Hebrew. And um, my goal right now is to figure out how I'm supposed to do that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I have to, as I, we were talking about before, pay attention to the signs that God's giving me and try and follow those signs as best as I can. Yeah. And uh, I, ultimately, we believe that if you, you know, you're following those signs, you're doing the things you're supposed to be doing, you follow the actions, you will eventually fulfill your purpose or at least get on the path of fulfilling our purpose. Because yeah. uh, an important thing in Judaism that I think it's good to mention now is our, in the secular world, um, 
a lot of emphasis is placed on the end goal. Uh, if you're if you're studying for a test and you do really poorly on the test, that's the result. That's you know that's that's what yeah. the secular world views as your your uh, your final grade in that mark is based yeah. on is based on that uh, that test that you took. Yeah. Whereas Judaism is about the process. If I studied really hard and I put an effort and I you know still you managed, I gain value from it, and and it's not about the end goal. Okay, so I didn't reach the end goal of passing the course, but I put in the effort and I went through the process. It's the process is just as important as the end goal. Yeah. Um, I always kind of just had that approach inherently because yeah, yeah. like I, I never cared about marks or that kind of thing and, and I got my degree yeah. because I was told I had to and I was like okay sure yeah. I'll do that but like I know that's not an end I, right. I, I don't know what my end is but this is I'm, tell, I'm being told this is a step I need to take sure I'll take it right. to get external pressures off of <laughs> um, anyway yeah so, so, so that's the idea of Judaism and, and it's kind of changed my perspective in the sense that I go through my day-to-day life now with this idea that I have to try and, you know, make a good impression on the world and, and not just leave it worse off than I started. And yeah. whether that's something small like, um, so actually I was on the bus yesterday yeah. and uh, I saw someone, um, I saw a membership card, like some sort of random membership card on one of the seats and I saw someone get up and leave the bus. I was very tired and I didn't do anything about it. I just sat there listening to my music. I was half asleep. Um, but I was thinking about it later. I'm like, you know, this it really well could have been one of those opportunities where I could have gotten up, I could have taken that membership card, I could have a run off the bus and see if I could give it to the person who was sitting there if it was his. B just you know taking it and tried to find out who the owner was. I'm sure there was some sort of identifying information on it, and instead I just decided to ignore it. I think that's one of those small situations in life that you encounter on a day to day basis where you know when you're trying to be a you know a good person a from Jew. One of the things is you try and you try and do these things that are you know going to help people that are gonna that are going to just make the world a better place. So now that person, you know, he whoever he or she was lost his membership card. I could have been someone who helped get hit, get that membership card. But it's those small little things like that. And but you're just consistently more aware of them now. Yeah, and trying to implement them in my day to day life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you're, you're, you'll never necessarily be perfect and able it, to do all of it, yeah, yeah. but it's about getting better. It's about it. getting better, yeah. Judaism, uh, we kind of believe, uh, it can be a little bit uh, depressing at times. There was a quote I saw when I was at a synagogue in Poland. There was yeah. something like, um, you do not have to complete the task, yet yeah. you're not free to withdraw from it. Right, yeah, that's, that's, right? that's a good way to put it. And. And, and not only that, you will never complete the task. It's not a completable task. Yeah. Um, in Judaism, there's, you know, people, you, you, with regards to the Talmud, there are something like 33, 36 tractates of the Talmud tractate. is like a section. And, and you can finish all the sections. That doesn't mean you understand the whole Talmud and that you're, you know, even if you, you memorize line by line, word by word, there's still so much depth to each of those words and so many different ways of understanding it. It's literally an endless uh, pursuit of, of understanding. And and in, in Judaism, we believe that because we are were created by by an infinite um, uh, perfect creator, we were and, and we believe that we, he created us inherently with flaws, with negatives that we're never going to be able until after we die to get to that point of perfection. Yeah. And part of the world, the you know part of the reason we're put on this world is to struggle with that kind of good evil balance, what we call the Yetzirah Tov and the Yetzirah, and 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 kind of you know fight the fight and, and, and make it through the struggles on a day-to-day -day basis. And, and, you know, the more days that we're able to do the good things as opposed to the bad things, that's, uh, that's what we perceive as, as uh, you know, going towards that ultimate perfection, which we know that we won't reach until uh, we die, but that is the ultimate goal, and we can't ever stop, you know, fighting that fight. All right, and so I, I really appreciate the idea of being here to make the world a better place right and yeah it's, and it's it's not just on a macro level but it's on a micro level like getting the card and that kind of thing yeah but the one thing and the one thing that kind of and I, maybe it's just a character i have of of from people but mm -hmm. you say that it's all like whenever you can be learning you should be learning yes and from what i understand there's like tension in israel between some of the ultra orthodox people and the secular people because yeah. all they do is study right and so to me, like that's not actually necessarily improving the world. Yeah, I I do agree that if all anyone ever did was study of how to be a better person, then yes, we the world would be great because everyone wouldn't be. That's interesting, but yeah. <laughs> if that's all anyone ever did was focus on how they can be better and study that, yeah. then the world would be peaceful, right? Right. Um, 
that <laughs> seemingly. Um, so yeah, I'm interested to kind of get your perspective on that. Is that yeah. just a caricature or, um, you know, how, because it's about taking the lessons of how you can be a better person and implementing that in the world. And, yeah. you know, how, do you see yourself ever having, do, do from people have normal secular jobs or like, how does that kind of mesh together? Yeah, so so this is, first of all, it's uh, the way to go about fixing the world and the way to go about how much you should be learning versus how much you should be involved in the secular world. Uh, these questions are constantly, constant debates going on in the from Jewish world as well. Uh, these aren't just things that secular people have, have questions about. These are things where within the from community, you see tons of different people doing different things because they don't agree with the fact that a person should be sitting and learning all day and not be involved in the world. Um, a great example of that would be you have uh, a particular branch of from Judaism called Chabad. Chabad yeah. is an they're very active. They're very active. The whole idea of Chabad is they go around the world to all the different communities. You can find Chabad literally everywhere. There's everywhere. they have them in Africa now. Yeah. And um, and you can, you know, you have Jews who are like that where they believe that you have to take all this learning that you've done when you were younger and you have to apply it and you have to be in the world and you have to be using it on a regular basis. Yeah. Or you have the other view, which is um, more uh, along the lines of maybe the issue that I came from, where the belief is. Assuming that you have the financial resources to do it, you should be in learning as long as you possibly can. Yeah. And for a very few select people, um, that is what they do their entire life. Their their whole life is devoted to learning. However, for How the is that making the world a better place. Though? Yes. So so there's there's two things. One, um, and this is very very difficult, I think, for a lot of people to grasp uh, their head around, and even myself included. We believe that when you're learning, you're bringing a spiritual, a good spiritual power into the world that was not there before. Uh, we believe that the, the world stands on three things. It's, um, it's actually uh, a Mishnah, which is uh, part of the oral tradition that was uh, brought down. And uh, we believe that those three things are Torah, um, uh, Torah, uh, davening, and, and uh, sorry, Torah, Mitzvah, uh, um, Talmud Torah, um, davening and I'm trying to remember the Hebrew for it. Anyway, the yeah. point is it's learning Torah, it's uh, praying to Hashem, Abodos Hashem, and uh, doing acts of good. Yeah. So one of those three things is Torah, and we say Torah, Torah is equivalent to all of them, all the other mitzvahs. And so what we, what we understand, what we believe is that when a person learns Torah, when a group of people learn Torah, that that is influencing the world in greater ways than... Uh, than anything else that we could be doing with our time. Will we see what those differences are? No. Will we understand what those differences are? No. Do we believe that it's happening? Yes. And and it's very difficult to understand the mechanisms by which we're doing that, but we believe that every every time I sit down and I open up a Talmud or I open up a, a, you know, a Torah and, and, and I'm learning it, we believe that that's bringing a good power into the world that's bringing us closer to, to making it perfect. Um, I, I would believe that, and even just based on my own experience, yeah. Um, when I'm reading, and even when I'm listening to sermons or that kind of thing, it really just I I can kind of feel the mechanisms turning in my head that okay. that's changing me for the better. Okay, I, I will say there is an element maybe that is meant to be grasped by us, but from my understanding, there is a huge element that really uh, it's it's beyond our understanding. Um, so, and, I mean, for me, even even just saying like. You know, sitting when I'm learning, when I was learning for, for you know, 10 hours during the day, um, thinking that I was making a big difference in the world, practically, I didn't think so. Um, was I told that? Yes. Do I believe that? Yes. Uh, is it hard for me to grasp my head around that concept? 100%. <laughs> and so, and so yeah. what would you say to someone who says that's just nuts? That yeah, you think you studying I would say I would say from a logical perspective, you're a hundred percent right. It seems a hundred percent nuts. Yeah. Um, but I would say that Judaism isn't just about logic, and it's it, there. There is an element of belief there. There's an element of and, and so of faith. You, you seem like I've never I've never talked to another from, but you seem head on your shoulders. Like you seem pretty grounded, down to earth. Yeah. So in your mind, how what is the thought? Like that is it just blind belief? Like mm -hmm. you don't because you you. I would assume if for three years you thought there's no practical application and it's just, you can't survive just on pure belief for no, three years. No, no, no. So what is, what is that like, what is your thought around, around choosing to do that for your time? Yeah, so my thought is, um, first of all, there, there's always going to be an element of faith. If there was no element of faith, it would uh, be easy. It would be, e you, 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 you wouldn't really have, free will would really not be there if, if there was no faith involved. If you yeah. knew that there was a God and that God existed, 
there goes your free will. Yeah, you just um, you your don't, you, you're not, you, you know, the idea with Judaism is you, you have punishment and reward, and that's based on the fact that you have free will to do good or bad. Yeah. So if you don't have that, that, you know, amount of faith there, you're not going to have that free will. You're not going to be able to choose between good and bad. It's all going to be good because you're going to know that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, saying that, though, is definitely not all faith. Yeah. Um, you, when you open up a Gemara, you open up uh, whatever it is that you're learning, and you're sitting down and you're learning, you do realize that, um, you know, there's a lot of practical benefits to that. You're sharpening your mind. You're becoming more, uh, you're more of an intellectual person. You're changing your thought pattern from, especially from those coming from Western culture, from being emotional to, to using your intellect and letting your intellect guide your emotion instead of the other way around. And you're, um, and you realize as you're doing it, even if you don't see what the practical or what the what the, the the spiritual ramifications are of what you're doing, we believe that there are good spiritual ramifications. But beyond that, you do see practical changes in your own life and your own ability to interact with other people. And and I think that is something that that really helped uh, continue to drive me and 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 keep me on that path of wanting to become firm because um, there there were tangible results that I was seeing and and uh, they certainly aren't what I believe would to be the the real ramifications of what I was doing and I believe those ramifications to be a lot higher than what I can understand and see yeah. um, but but saying that there are certainly a ton of ramifications that I could see and a ton of uh, you know changes that I noted uh, in myself that were for the better and, and uh, that definitely helped me stay stay the course okay cool that makes sense and I, and I appreciate that and the, the la the thing it makes me think of is um, my aunt actually was saying how like and I've read this other places as well but so many people are just like inherently dismissive of religion and god yeah but it's it's a lazy atheism yeah right they've not put in any research into any of the works any of the religions that claim there is a god right and studied it right right someone can't won't just like deny gravity and and we pay attention to them and they don't read the facts right, right? like or read the people who've studied that aspect any aspect if you if you deny what is a, like a large intellectual base of knowledge mm -hmm. then you, you're the kind of dismissed except yeah. religion yeah it's the opposite right <laughs> i never thought of it like huge, that huge large swaths of people who have studied this for centuries and millennia yeah and people just dismiss it without reading it but the experience from what i understand about judaism and my experience as well the more you study it yeah the more you see the truth in it yeah right yeah um it's a good point that you know you have a lot of people today where they 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 might call themselves atheists. Um, I think the the correct term would be agnostic. If I'm under, if I understand. Well, so the, agnostic is there yeah. could be a god. There could be I a think god. There's a lot of people who are there is not a god, and I know that. Oh, okay, yeah. And that's atheism. That I, yeah, right. That there's not a god. god. So yeah, I, I think the thing is that most people don't give it enough thought. Um, I certainly, until I went to yeshiva, did not give it a whole lot of thought. Even growing up the way I grew up, I didn't. Mm. And um, and yeah, I think I think that's just the way that the world works with all the technology and all the you know improvements that we've had in our living conditions uh, our lifespans the last 100 200 years um, I think the reason why religion has really uh, you know quote-unquote if, if you want to so call it a social trend has gone down over the last few hundred years is is because you know religion has always been that thing where you like you know your last hope is God and like you you know even today like when someone's you know when an airplane's going down God forbid or when a, a ship is sinking or whenever some bad event is happening you might find people who at that point they've never believed in God their whole life all of a sudden they'll turn to God why because they you know there's that that feeling of oh my gosh I'm not in control of everything that's going on and with all the technology and all the increased living conditions and, and lifespans that we have today we kind of have developed this notion as a society that, well, I mean, we don't really, why do we need a God? We can do everything ourselves. We can, you know, we have all these advances in technology and in medical, uh, medical technologies and in and lifespans and living conditions. And, you know, there's less poverty. And even the poverty that we have today is not even equivalent to the poverty that we had a hundred years ago. Oh, yeah. So, you know, what's the point of believing in God when we can, it's kind of been, we just don't need to believe in God anymore. So why would we? Yeah. Um, but the truth is, you look at society today and, and you could argue the total opposite, that you need God more today than you ever did yeah, before. And it's harder <laughs> than ever to believe in God because yeah, of it. Yeah, we have challenges today in terms of believing in God that, um, you know, 500 years ago, the, yeah. the, the, the people, it was a lot easier to be a from Jew 500 years ago than it is today. And yeah. uh, and it's a challenge that, that, that if you believe in God, you believe that we get a lot 
there's there's certain rewards that I get for for being that I believe that I get for being a firm Jew now that the firmest of firm people 500 years ago, even though they might have had so much more knowledge and so much more understanding and so much more connection to God, they didn't have the challenges that I had today. And so that's that's part of the the that that, that uh, happens when you uh, when you when you decide to become firm. Right. Well, I really appreciate that. That's yeah, and it's given me a lot to think about. Yeah. Uh, so I'm hoping. You'll come and chat with me some other time soon. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Yeah, this is great. So thanks thanks a lot. Yeah. And thanks to everyone who is watching. Um, subscribe on YouTube, support us on Patreon. Thanks for watching.